The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Glad to be here in New Jersey, and I'm from. Uh, we live in Baltimore now, and uh, got up here, I guess, this summer. And really, it's great to see what God's doing um, here at uh, this great church. I sure love your pastor and his family. And I just want to say before we get in the sermon this morning, don't ever take for granted a great pastor. And uh, you've been blessed. I love coming on the property. And even since I've been here uh, just about six months ago um, with your staff, just to see what see the gym um, almost completed and just see the, the auditorium. And you guys challenge us at our church. Um, just Chris is, uh, Pastor Tice is great with all the, uh, uh, I love the engaged stuff. I'm going to have him come and help us uh, decorate our property. And he does a great job just with the theme. And this is a great church. And don't take for granted what God's doing here, and I know you don't. I know you love your pastor and his wife, and you're behind them, and stay behind them. God's doing a great work here. Let's stand to, the, stand to our feet for the reading of God's Word. We're going to look at Colossians chapter number 1, and also Revelation chapter number 1, and we're going to get right in this morning. Colossians chapter 1, and then we'll turn over to Revelation chapter number 1. Enjoyed the singing this morning. It's awesome to see the kids up here singing the praises of God, and what an awesome thing that is this morning. Um, Colossians chapter number 1, and let's look down, starting at verse number 15, and then we'll turn over to Revelation chapter number 1. But Colossians chapter number 1, starting in verse number 15. The Bible says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. Verse number 17. And He is before all things. By Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell, having made peace through the blood of His cross by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath He reconciled. In the body of this flesh through death to present you holy, and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. Verse 23, If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. And turn over with me to Revelation chapter number 1. Look at the 8th verse, if you would. The Bible says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Go verse number 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write it in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you this morning for your word. 
God, we thank you that it's alive and that it's powerful and that it's perfect. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, as we study uh, the preeminence of Christ and we look at how you're first, God, I pray that you'll speak to us this morning. God, I pray that, Lord, your Holy Spirit will have free reign in our hearts and in our minds this morning. God, I pray that your word will not return void. God, I pray that you'll help us to leave here differently than we came. Lord, we sure thank you for this great church. We thank you for Pastor Tice and his dear family. God, I pray that, Lord, you'll just bless this church. Lord, I pray that we'll be encouraged by your word this morning. Lord, I pray that everything we say and do will bring you glory. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you look at verse 18 in Colossians chapter number 1, if you'll turn back, we'll be back in that text most of this morning. But Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 18. If you'll look at that with me and then we'll get in the outline and get the motor cranking here. The Bible says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the, and say the next word with me, preeminence. The preeminence. To be first or to hold first place. The preeminence of Christ. I don't know about you, but in my life, I like being first. Does anybody else like that this morning? Slip it up. It's all right to admit it. We're in church this morning. We can be honest. I like being first. Man, my wife and I and my daughter, will play games around our house every once in a while. Has anybody ever played Wii Bowling? Has anybody ever seen that before? Now, my 10-year-old, I like to play, you know, I don't like losing even to a 10-year-old. Is anybody else out there at all? I remember uh, uh, my wife and I, when we were first dating, we used to play uh, this game called Uno. And she would beat me every once in a while. And I would take those Uno cards after she beat me, and we no longer have those cards in our house. Is everybody tracking with me this morning? I don't like to lose. Man, I like being first. I don't like, listen, we, we have at our church, we have some kids' leagues, sports leagues. And a couple of years ago, one of the guys came and he said, you know what, we're not going to have first place or second place. We're just going to, everybody's going to be a winner. And for me, I just don't process that. Everybody isn't a winner. Is everybody tracking me here this morning? Hey, there are winners and there are losers. To me, playing a game without a winner, I don't even want to play. I want to play because I want to win. I like, and I have a sickness, you can already tell this morning, um, I like being first. You know, uh, this, this everybody is a winner in first place stuff, and there's no first place. That just stinks, okay? We're teaching our kids, uh, you know, right there that socialism, all right? If you haven't figured this out yet in life, there are winners and there are losers. Hey, there are people that are successful and there are people that are not. And by the way, to, to preach any different or tell anybody any different, we're really cheating our, our kids and cheating ourselves. Hey, because if you work hard and you practice hard, Hey, listen, is everybody tracking me? We understand that this morning. You say, Jake, I'm not that way. I don't like being first. I want, okay, next time you're at Target or you're at the grocery store and somebody cuts in, in front of you in line, right? Would that tick anybody else off this morning? It's okay. I know we're in church. Just be honest. Hey, we like being first. Hey, I remember being at a Target just this past Christmas. And, you know, the line's real long and I'm getting those last-minute gifts. And, and somebody cut, cut in front of me. And you know what my inside, inside and my blood started doing? Is everybody, you know, I was like, what in the world is going on here? And I wanted to say something because I, hey, I want to be first. I don't want anybody getting in front of me. And then the next thing that happened, and I know you hate this too, that red light started blinking. Is everybody tra- track on me? You're in line. That red light starts blink, blinking. Man, that ticks me off. I like being first. We are people that like being first. If you've ever played a game, you like being in first place. Hey, when your school's basketball team is in a tournament, you hope that they are in first place. 
Now, Paul here, in this passage, is answering the question, who is Christ and what place does he have in the world? And he answers this question about the firstness of Jesus. The firstness of Jesus. One preacher put it this way, much of our frustration and failure seems, it stems from the inability to recognize the firstness of Jesus and to act accordingly. And I just want to say to you this morning, Jesus is first whether you make Him first or not. I've heard people say, well, someday I'm going to make Him Lord of my life. Let me just tell you this morning, He's Lord whether you realize it or not. Hey, there's coming a day where my Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that He's Lord. He's there whether you acknowledge it or not this morning. And in our passage, Paul is going to give us three places that he should have or that he does have first place. And he wants us just to acknowledge that in our lives. And the first one this morning, look at verse number 15 in Colossians chapter number 1. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and earth, that are invisible, uh, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. The first thing I want to say to you this morning is He is first in the world. Verse 15 says he is the firstborn of every creature. Uh, Verse 16, in the beginning, we understand Genesis chapter number 1, verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do you understand that nothing about Christ is second this morning? Nothing about him is second. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 1. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in the times past unto the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as He hath by the inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. And the reason that Paul wrote that in Hebrews chapter number 1 is to remind the world that God and Jesus Christ is the greatest in the world. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than the creation. He's greater than all. He's higher than the highest. And listen, He's greater than the great. And it's time for you and I to realize this morning, He's greater than you. He's greater than me. He's greater than any person that's ever lived. He is first in the world. Revelation chapter number 1, we read it a while ago. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He always has been, and He always will be. Revelation 1.17, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am He that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive evermore. Hey, that's talking about Jesus, the only man that through His own power died and rose again. He always, listen, John 1, I love, I love the, the first chapter of John. Uh, I, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Whether we like it or not, whether the world likes it or not, He's first in the world. You know, it's good for us to remember as we look across our country and we look across the state of of where we're at, 
If you're not careful as a Christian, you'll start getting the poochy lip disease. And you'll become a constant complainer. And I hear it so often even from preachers. Oh, the world's going to hell and this is happening and this is happening and that's happening. Hey, last time I checked, hey, God's still on the throne and Jesus is still first. And we ought to walk around with a smile on our face because listen... The only, when things are happening bad, all that means is that his return is coming soon and that prophecy is being fulfilled. Hey, it shouldn't bother us this morning. Hey, we shouldn't walk around depressed and down. Hey, God is still on the throne this morning. He's first in the world whether we realize it or not. Someone has said he came from the bosom of the Father to the bosom of woman. He put on humanity that we might put on divinity. He became the Son of Man that we might become the sons of God. He was born contrary to the laws of nature, lived in poverty, was reared in obscurity, and only once crossed the boundary of the land that which he was born that in his childhood. He had no wealth or influence and had neither training nor education in the world's schools. His relatives were inconspicuous and influential. His infancy, he startled a king. In boyhood, he puzzled the learned doctors. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature. He walked upon the billows and hushed the seas of sleep. He healed the multitudes without medicine and made no charge for his service. He never wrote a book, yet all the libraries of the country could not hold of the books about him. He never wrote a song, yet he has furnished the theme of more songs and all songwriters together. He never founded a college, yet all the schools together cannot boast of as many students as he has. He never practiced medicine, and yet he had healed more broken hearts than the doctors have healed broken bodies. This Jesus Christ is the star of the astronomy, the rock of geology, the lion and the lamb of zoology, the harmonizer of the discords, the healer of all diseases. And throughout history, great men have come and gone, yet he lives on. Herod could not kill him. Satan could not seduce him. Death could not destroy him, and the grave could not hold him. This is Christ our preeminent one, and we need to remember this morning, that's the reason we're here to worship, and that's the reason we're here this morning. That's the reason we have hope this morning, and it's because He is on the throne. Aren't you glad this morning we serve a risen Savior? Hey, He's first in the world this morning. Philippians 2 says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted Him, and given Him a name which is above every name. Hey, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. Hey, let me just remind you this morning, hey, He was first in the world. He always has been, and always will be. Hey, aren't you glad this morning we don't serve a God that's in a tomb somewhere? He's alive this morning. Man, He's powerful. He's first in the world, and I think all of us understand that, and know that, and that's a great truth. But secondly, in our text this morning, look at verse number 18. So he's first in the world, and that sounds pretty good to us, doesn't it? But look at verse 18. And he is the head, or he's first, of the body, the what? The church. That sounds good too. He's first in the world, but secondly this morning, he's first. In the church. Ephesians 3.21 Unto Him be all glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout the ages. World without end. Amen. Ephesians 5 says, He is the head of the church and He gave Himself for the church. He is the head of the church. He is the purpose of our work in the church, getting the gospel out. He is the purpose of our worship within the church. If you have your Bibles, Hebrews chapter number 2 quickly. Keep your finger there. We'll look at Hebrews chapter 2. We're going somewhere with this. We'll make this practical. So hang with me. Hebrews chapter number 2, verse number 5. 
For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak, but one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of the death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings for both he that sanctifieth and, and they who are sanctified all of one for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church. Will I sing praise unto thee? Listen, if we want to continue, man, if we want to continue to reach people and continue to reach this generation, he must be first in our church. And part of that is he must be first in our worship this morning. Worship is not about us. It's all about him. Let me tell you what happens so often when it comes to this. Listen, when we come in here on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, and we're going to sing His praises, let me just remind you, we're not here to sing to you. We're not here to sing about you. We're here to sing to Him, and we're here to sing about Him. Every once in a while, someone will say something like this, and I'm just going to meddle because I get to leave I get to leave and won't be back for a while. But somebody will come into a church, even like this, and maybe Pastor Chris made a few changes, and you have screens on the walls, and maybe, you know, there's words on the screens or, or whatever. And sometimes we'll say, well, I just don't like that. Or somebody may lift their hand during worship. And by the way, I like being in churches where people lift their hands and aren't afraid what anybody else thinks or what anybody, is everybody awake in here? And when you, you might say, well, I just, man, that makes me a little uncomfortable. Or I just don't like that song. Or I just don't like, hey, last time I checked, we're not here to worship you. Guess who we're here to worship? We're here to worship him. It's all about Him, and it's only about Him. And some of us need to decide, hey, we're going to get over ourselves, and we're going to lose ourselves once in a while. And when we start singing about, you know, Jesus saves, and we sing about His blood, and the old saint of God's got their hands in the air, and tears running down their face, let me just say, it's okay. Because worship isn't about you. It isn't about me. It's about Him. He's first in the church. You know, how we, you know what our minds work? We want to be first in the church. Is everybody awake in here? We want it to be about us. We want everything to appeal to us. We, no matter which side, whether we're on the far right or the far left, when we come in, we want it to be comfortable for us. We want us to like it and us to enjoy it. Hey, we've got to remember this morning, we're not here to worship us. We're here to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Church is not all about us. It's about Him. John 12 put it this way. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Man, if we want to continue to see God do great things in this church, we need to make sure that we put a, we put a big deal about lifting up the name of Jesus. Hey, there's no other name. Hey, it's the sweetest name. It's the greatest name. You know, I've been in churches where the pastor's name was more important and was worshipped just like Jesus' name. And let me tell you something. Any man that wants to rob glory from God, you need to get as far away from as you can. And I thank God that you have a pastor, hey, that points people to Jesus. Let's not lose that this morning. It's about him. If you're a constant complainer, stop complaining and lift up the name of Jesus. It's amazing what will happen in your life. Hey, if you're a lobby lizard, 
You ever heard of a lobby lizard? What a lobby lizard is, is a person that hangs out in the lobby only talking to people they already know. You know? If you're, man, if you find, hey, stop talking, get out of the lobby. Hey, get into the song service and praise His name. It's not about us, it's not about me. Hey, it's not about what I like or about what you like. It's about what He likes. It's about time that as a church, and I'm not just talking about you, I'm talking about all churches, that, you know, it's so self Focus this morning. Let's make sure that we never lose the fact that he's the preeminent one. Hey, we're, listen, if you don't sing during the song service and if you don't come in, let me just tell you who you're... Man, that's one of the greatest and most special times of a service is when the saints of God are together singing his praises and lifting up his name. If we want to see God do something great with our generation, we must be all in. So he's first in our worship. And here's one that might hit home. I know we talked about... The project, what's the project you guys are doing? 220 project. Not only should he be first in our worship within the church, he should be first in our finances within the church. And this is where it gets a little harder. Paul Harvey once told the story about the Butterball Turkey Company. They had set up a hotline to answer consumer questions about preparing holiday turkeys. One woman called to inquire about a cooking a turkey that had been in her freezer for 23 years. The operator told her, you know, it might be safe if the freezer had been kept below zero degrees the entire time. But the operator warned the woman that even if it were safe, the flavor had probably deteriorated and she wouldn't recommend eating it. The caller replied, that's what we thought. We'll just give it to the church. You know, so often... We look at that story, and, and I'm going to, everybody look up here for a minute. We'll look at that story, and we're like, can you believe that? She was going to give that 23-year-old turkey to the church. But then when it comes to our pocketbook, and it comes to our finances, and it comes to the things we want, and the things that, I just want to, you want to know where your heart is this morning? Who holds, who holds your wallet? You know, this church and I doesn't need your money. You know who needs your money? God does because he has you if he has it. <clears throat> We're in a building program at our church. We've been in building, I've been there 10 years. We've been, you know how long we've been in building programs and projects? For 10 years. We've built building after building on our property. Debt-free because people will commit and set. We don't have any rich people in our church. We have a whole lot of middle class like you that sacrifice and give. I want to encourage you this morning, if you haven't, if, you're, if you've got that turkey that you were planning on giving, is everybody, man, commit something that'll stretch you, that'll test your faith a little bit. I found in my life, if I really want something, and I have, does anybody else have stuff-itis? I like stuff, and I know you're more spiritual than me, okay? You don't. If I really want something, you know what I'll do? I'll figure out a way to get it. I'll save, I'll scrimp, Man, when that new iPad comes out or that new iPhone comes out or I'm into fishing and hunting that new bow I want to get or whatever, I'm going to figure out a way to stash that cash because I'm going to get it, right? Man, I want to tell you, there's no greater joy as a believer. And those of you who have been saved for a long time and have seen God do something great know this. There's no greater joy in the world for God to stretch your family financially and then to see his provision. What if I told you, what if I told you when it just, I'm just talking about regular tithing right now. What if, I just, what if I told you that, listen, 
if you decide today that you're going to start tithing, not giving over and above, just tithing, that I would take out at the end of the month and write a check for anything you were short on. How many of you would say, hey, I'll take you up on that? Most of you would. How come, you know, so often we'll trust in a man and we won't trust in God? And I'm not talking about, you know, credit card debt that you've got yourself in and issues like that. That's not what I'm talking about here. He promises us he'll provide for us. I just want to ask you quickly this morning, is he first in your finances? Man, have you put him first in that area? Man, I want to encourage you, give your first, your best to the church. Give your best. Give your best. Listen, he must have preeminence. The church isn't a social club. It's not an activity club. It's not a babysitting club. It's not a school. It's not a college. It's not a sports club. It's a place where Christ is the head, where Christ is preeminent, where he should be magnified and lifted up. Don't get distracted. Don't get sidetracked. It's all about him in the church. There's a song I love. It says, precious cornerstone, sure foundation. You are faithful to the end. We are waiting on you, Jesus. We believe you're all to us. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives. We believe you're all to us. Only Son of God sent from heaven. Hope and mercy at the cross. You are everything. You're the promise, Jesus. You're all to us when this passing rule is over. We will see you face to face and forever we will worship. Jesus, you're all to us. Let me ask you this morning, is that your heart? Is he all to you? Do you really, do you really believe while we're here this morning? Do you really have that faith that, listen, we're not here just to hang out this morning. We're not here just to, just to talk and fellowship. All those are good things. We are here so that he may have the glory and that he may have preeminence. He's first in the world. Secondly, he's first and should be first in the church. And then thirdly, this is where it kind of gets on us a little bit. Look at verse number 20. And if you're saved in here this morning, you read these verses, something inside of you, man, it ought to speak to you. Look at verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in the earth or things in heaven. Verse 21, I think we forget verse 21 sometimes. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked work. Let me, you know who that is? That was us. Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. You know what he's saying there? He ought, listen, Christ ought to have first place in your life this morning. I think, for, I, think, I think so often we forget that he is our salvation. Listen, when he is first, he is always before. It'd do some of us good to go back to that day when we got down on our knees in front of that altar or at that house or at that place and just remember what we once were. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. 
neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. You know what Paul's saying here? Look at verse 11. Let me read it to you. And such were some of you. You know what he's doing there? He's reminding them where they came from. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. I just want to say this morning, hey, don't forget what you used to be. Hey, don't forget where you came from before you accepted the gospel. Hey, don't forget where you were before Jesus stepped down and he saved you. And what happens is we get used to church and we get used to the song service and we get used to coming and we start looking down our Baptist pharisaical nose at everybody else and we forget, hey, that there was a day where I was lost and there was a day where I was blind. Hey, and there was a day where I had no hope. Hey, but then somebody shared the glorious gospel and where I once was lost, hey, now I'm found. Hey, and once where I was blind, hey, now I see. Hey, and and listen, where I was dead, hey, now I'm alive. I'm not what I used to be. And the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The places I used to go, I don't go there anymore because of the grace and because of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And hey, it's about time that we just get back to that point. And when we do, let me tell you something. He will be first in the world. And He will be first in the church. Because when we do that, it reminds us it's not about us. It's only about Him. I want to just ask you this morning, where are you at with it? Is He first in your life this morning? You know, so many Christians will put so many things in front of Him. We'll put, I mean, name it, in front of Him. We'll put so many things into the place where God should be. Real practically, let me just tell you how you know where you're at with this if he's first in your life. I said this to our Sunday school class this morning. How's your Bible reading? How's your prayer time? The things that we place a priority on, we make time for, don't we? A lot of us will come to church, and I, I, you can be mad at me all you want. I'm leaving to head back to Baltimore here in about 15 minutes. It's not enough. Just come to church, although that's a good thing, and you should. Every time the doors are open, you ought to be here. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If you can and you're able, you ought to be here. Just passing out tracts and leading people to the Lord. It's a great thing. You ought to be doing that. But shame on us if we can do those things where everybody else sees it and you and I can't spend time in the Word of God and in prayer. Let me tell you right now what will make the difference in this town. And by the way, this town and this area needs a church like this that puts God first. And I think we'd all amen that. This past Monday morning, did you have a time where you opened the Word of God where you read it, where you spent some time with it. It's past Tuesday. Do you have a time where you spend in the Word of God, developing a relationship with Him? Not asking you how your church attendance is. Not asking how many tracts you passed out. Do you have a personal relationship with the Lord? If you're trying to do this this morning, this Christian life, without this book, and without a relationship with Him, you are doomed for failure. And you know what you're basically saying? God, you're not first. You're not first. 
I want to encourage you this morning. Maybe you've, <clears throat> maybe you've stepped back and you're not reading. I'm talking to staff this morning, to deacons this morning, musicians this morning, Sunday school teachers, bus workers. All that's great. You should do that. Those are things, man, those are evidences of God working in your life. But moms and dads, more than your kids know the rules you have for them, they ought to know there's a mom and dad that prays for them and has the word of God open in the home. He's first in the world. He'll be first in the church. Is he first in your life? If he's not Lord of your life right now, and something else, he will be Lord someday. And let me tell you the way that I went, I remember as I was running from him. God has a funny way of getting your attention. When he wasn't first, and I'm trying every day, I'm not perfect by any stretch. I struggle and I know it. That's why. I've got to spend time in this book, and I've got to spend time in prayer. Simple challenge today. He's first, he's first in the world. Should be first in the church. Should be first in your life. Hey, when's the last time, Mom and Dad, you just got down on your knees, and you prayed for those kids, those grandkids? Oh, man, more than your correction. If I look up in here for a minute. Hey, those coworkers you have, you just can't get along with. When's the last time you got down on your knees and just interceded on their behalf? You know the most Christ-like thing you can do for someone is to pray for them? Those teenagers that wish God would just get a hold of their hearts. When's the last time you just prayed and spent some time in the Word asking God to move? Hey, your pastor, when's the last time before you complain to him, before you say things about him? Hey, when's the last time you got down on your knees and you prayed for him? Our president. We're really quick, aren't we? To criticize, to tear down. You ought to shut your mouth if you haven't prayed for him. That's hard preaching, I know. That Sunday school teacher that you just don't see eye to eye with. That family member. That spouse. When's the last time you prayed for him? Jeremiah 33, 3. We know that verse, don't we? Call unto thee, and he will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We can quote it. I don't think we believe it. Because if we do, guess what we'll be doing? We'll be calling, we'll be leaving, and we'll see those things. This morning, just a simple challenge, nothing deep, I know. The preeminence of Christ. He's first in the world. First in the church. I just want to ask you, is he first in your life this morning? Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning as... Father, I do pray, God, that as you promised us, Lord, that your word will not return void, Father. I pray maybe there's one person in here this morning that maybe they've never put you first and accepted you as their personal Savior. Lord, I pray that they won't leave here today, God, without getting that right. Or maybe there's a Christian here and, Lord, they've served you for many years and just kind of got complacent about life and complacent about the Christian life. Lord, I pray that you'll, your Holy Spirit will burn inside of them and Remind them, Lord, to, to get into the book daily, get down on their knees in prayer, spend time with you. Lord, I pray that we'll be people that call out to you, Lord, because we know that you'll answer us. God, I pray that we'll be people of prayer and that this church will be a church of prayer and a church that acknowledges you and puts you first and worships you and you alone, God. Lord, I, I pray for the kids in this church and the teenagers in this church and the moms and the dads and the grandmas and grandpas this morning. God, I pray that you'll help us, each one of us, to be people that are in your presence, that put you first. 
Lord, we sure love you. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we thank you for this great place. In your name we pray. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.